podcast, everybody, and how will I know this is going to be a good Thursday for everyone? Um, well, that depends on what you think I think of this upcoming album. <laughs> well, well, there's two episodes of the Prelude Podcast that's true. That, came, that came out today, that's true. and I don't know if we want to explain that. I don't. Uh, I got lazy. <laughs> you don't? More, I got, there's a combination. I mean, to be fair, it's a 50-50. You got sick. I did. I did. I explained I that in the previous episode. Uh, I'm not good once you break routine, man. Once you get me out of routine, I'm not, I'm not good with it. Mm-hmm. So now, I hopefully, did. we can establish a routine here. But we did. Uh, we just released BDP, Boogie Down Productions, a.k.a. KRS-One and Friends, <laughs> and Criminal Minded. And now we have another one to do. So you're getting two episodes. Although recorded a week apart, you're getting two episodes, guys. It's kind of a big deal, right? It, it is with a big this, deal. Uh, it's, it's been a while, though. And with the lockdown and stuff, I mean, now is the time <laughs> to really get into these podcasts, right? Well, 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 welcome everyone. It is for us right now. It is September twelfth. Well, September September twelfth. Oh my gosh! I'm gonna be honest. I don't even think we released an episode on September twelfth. <laughs> November twelfth. November twelfth, twenty twenty. September. I'm getting getting mixed up here. This is between uh, Remembrance Day, the eleventh, and Friday the thirteenth. I'm sure it's happened before in our lifetime, but uh, yeah, it's a little bit scary. You know, I don't like Friday the Thirteenth personally. So. And and you got yourself. Uh, we were going to record yesterday, um, our usual day, Hump Day Wednesday. It's true. But you were getting yourself a little tat work, a little arm yeah. Work. Just you know, we're uh, I'm finishing up this sleeve here that I've been working on. I took a big gap in between because I just once again got lazy and broke routine. But uh, yeah, she filled in some spots here. Now it's just uh, I have maybe like three, four more hours of just like touch ups. Uh, Filling in some space and I'm and I'm good and I'm like uh, on to the next one. The next one's probably a big Sons of Anarchy uh, tattoo on my back because uh, I'm getting a bike soon. Okay. By the way, you got to make appointments at the uh, licensing office, uh, the ICBC licensing uh, place or whatever. And there's uh, it's like Nexus. There's no appointments till like January, just oh, to get a learner's wow. test. So I might might do a standby or I might just periodically check. But uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. I'm taking a test that's basically the equivalent of doing the test that I would get for my uh, normal driver's license. I'm gonna descri- describe like road signs and this and that. It's like I'm 16 again, man. That was a good time. Anyways, getting a bike and it's gonna be sick. 16. You definitely weren't 16 when this album that we're talking about today came out. Cause no, no, no. Came out in 1985. Yeah, no, I was uh, at the ripe old age of five. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, gearing up for Expo '86. I was ready to go. So yeah, this is. Uh, yeah, I'm excited, Miles. You know, I always like it when you pick uh, albums of somebody that I that I like and albums that I'm not aware of in terms of like you know the the balance of tracks and I only know the hits of this person. Well, well, that's it. Yeah, we're doing Whitney Whitney Houston Whitney Elizabeth Houston's album self titled album Whitney Houston. By the way, not to be confused with the follow up album also self titled Whitney <laughs> Whitney. Yes, that is. That's, I clarified that's, that is today true. with you. That is true. That's that's good. There's a little yeah, good thing I did. Bit cause... of facts there. I I like that, Ricardo. Yeah. Um, and the, you, you, I mean, we'll recognize a lot of the hits, uh, definitely off this album. And there's some other songs on here too that we'll we'll get into. And the ones we, you won't recognize, we 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 may or may not like have liked them. I don't know. By but, the uh, way, Miles, hmm? just a heads up, we've got another ad. We've got another <laughs> sponsor. Just looking at Miles's note sheet, and uh, if you guys took advantage, and you'll hear it on the last episode of the uh, ink cartridges. <laughs> being sold by inkjet.ca you'll yeah. love what you can get here miles we want to describe our sponsor i love it when you have your little flyer notepad note resellers well it's it's an advertisement for resellers protect the first mask of its kind at 99.9 percent protection it stops viruses from entering and being spread but does it stop the co2 from going back into your brain that's true heads I up it's that, right back that part my, myself and i don't believe that anyways you think that company's got the science behind all of it <laughs> 
Their, si- their science reminds me of uh, Step Brothers, the movie. Science, research, <laughs> and development. We put white out on a beam. It's the only mask of its kind in the world. Yeah. Wow. Patented ionic technology. Yeah, anyway, get out of here. I digress. Let's get into this. Whitney Elizabeth Houston. Everybody knows her, right? The, yeah. W E H. Yes. The the voice of an angel. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Was born on August 9th, 1963, and, and sadly passed away on February 11th, 2012. She's a Leo. Yeah. She's a Leo, yeah. Sad, at, sad, that's, at, um, she, sad she passed away. <clears throat> at age 48, yeah. Uh, she is. She was born in uh, Newark, New Jersey. Oh, New Jersey's a, that's a gross state. Newark's got a lot of a uh, lot of celebrities that come from, from and an Newark. airport. Can you can you yeah it does have, it does can have an name? airport yeah uh, Whitney Houston Whitney Houston yeah any any others nope, that no? covers it no, that covers it okay Michael B Jordan never heard of him not enough to well I mean I know I've heard of him of course yeah. Ice Ice T Ray Liotta uh, Joe, Joe Pesci Joe Pesci Red Man you knew that I prefer Joe Pesci <laughs> Joe Pesci yeah, Joe nice, Pesci man I like that Paul Simon we've done an album with him what's the four one one Mary J Blige uh, Paul Simon's album. Might be better than this one. Might not, <laughs> might not be better than this one. Who know. knows? We will find out. And a uh, former personal friend of ours, uh, Joe yeah, Rogan. Josie. Mm-hmm. Oh, Joe Rogan. Okay. <laughs> Josie, Joe Rogan. Okay. No, Jos- Josie's not from Newark. No. Did not know that. Yeah. Well, there wow, you go. Son of a gun. <laughs> son of a gun. So the album we're doing today, Whitney Houston, is mm-hmm. what it's called. And it was released on February 14th. Oh, Valentine's Day, Figures. 1984. And if you listen to her previous album, you would know that because we just uh, we said that. You didn't. How come you didn't mention her uh, hubby? I have no reason to. Bobby Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's back. He's back. Is and he? I know y'all getting warm. So this is her. This is her. This is enough of that. This is her uh, <laughs> debut album, yeah. and it clocks in at 47 minutes and 23 Perfect seconds. Length. It Perfect length. Perfect length. Yeah, I would, maybe, say, I would say maybe short for you because I think you loved it, but. I may have, I may have. Yeah, um, so this is so this is her first of uh, seven studio albums, and she did two soundtracks. Do you know? Can you name the soundtracks? Uh, yeah, uh, Ready to Exhale and The Bodyguard. No, no, no. The Preacher's Wife. Or Waiting to Exhale. The, the, the Preacher's Wife. All right. I think uh, she did a song for Waiting and Waiting to Exhale, but uh, The Preacher's Wife. Yeah, this album topped the Billboard 200 for 14 weeks in 1986. Wow. Mm-hmm. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> it received four nominations at the 1986 Grammy and won a Best Pop Vocal Performance for a female, obviously, uh, for Saving All My Love. She came out pretty hard then, hey? For you. Uh, some notable people on this album. <laughs> yep. There's uh, one guy. Jermaine, Jermaine Jackson. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he actually produced three of the songs and, and, and he sang in two of them. Uh, Teddy Pendergrass. Yeah, Teddy Pendergrass. Teddy Pendergrass does a duet. By the way, if you don't, look, if you aren't familiar, I know you you probably are, but anyone's not familiar with T- Teddy Pendergrass, awesome. Yeah, no, he's good. He's, so awesome. He's, he, he's pretty awesome. Uh, Nick Richard Nick Marks Nick actually is involved in this album, keyboards and background. Randy Jackson. <laughs> really? He's, he, he does some bass here, yeah. And Sissy Houston, Whitney's mom, yeah, does, okay. does, does some background. And just just to fall, just finally here before we get into the album itself, in the 2012 edition of Rolling Stones' Greatest Albums of All Time, it was ranked 257. That's kind of uh, some random number. I just I'm, not, I'm surprised it's not a little bit higher. No, nah, I don't know. Well, okay. Well, I mean, I'm surprised because of you know the commercial acceptance and people love it. I'm not surprised given how I may or may not feel about it, but. 
Okay, well, I, I don't have keep giving it away. You know? I have no doubt that you will love this first song, the <laughs> no. first track. <laughs> no uh, doubt, eh? Well, I have no doubt. Oh. You give good love. This is the first released single from the album, actually, and it peaked at peaked at number three on the Billboard Hot 100 on July 27, 1985. Mm. This one was actually written by uh, a gentleman by the name of Lala LaForest Cope and produced by Kashif, if anybody knows them. Nope, I don't, and I bet I won't know them after this song either. No. And I don't, because this song's, uh, you know. You've heard the song. Look, you have heard the song before. Yeah, I know. It doesn't mean I can't tell you how I think about it, man. Okay, okay. Look, as a as a start to an album, uh, it's not the greatest thing in the world. It's like uh, as a debut album, you come out with this slow ass song. I don't love it. She's known for slow ass songs. I know she's known for slow ass songs that like uh, display her how you would like to describe it angelic voice, the power of her voice. Uh, it's like a preview of things to come on this album, by the way. And not in a good way. I'm just hear me out. A lot of slow songs, but not displaying what she can do. Anyways, it's uh, look. If you're gonna come with a debut album, you gotta get me out of my seat somehow. And either that's with the power of your voice or some sort of uh, you know fast-paced bumping track. And this ain't it. This is a hard pass, brother. Oh my gosh! Look at that. This song, this song actually got into some controversy. And this, keep in mind, this is 1985. Controversy because it's the first one on Con- the album. Controversy is not no. It's not what I think about with this with this song. But this was one of the songs, uh, one of the many songs that was uh, that was cited by Ann Landers, the columnist, as having a suggestive title. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah. All right. No, it's true. I actually I, I didn't write it down, but it's funny because I don't need to get into it too much. But the other, the other suggestive titles were, I mean, they weren't crazy, but they were more suggestive than "You Give Good Love." Anyway, all right. No, you didn't like it. I'm no, not surprised. at all. It's too slow for me, man. It's too slow. It's too Whitney slow, and it doesn't just dis- no, it doesn't display your voice, man. I know there's slow songs, but this is like slow and okay. I, I'll give you the the the. the... Nah, man. It doesn't do justice to her song. I, I'll, I'll give you that for sure. But uh, no, this song was. Uh, I, I I love this song. Always have. That's not. I mean, uh, you're easy on, to pl- on an you're album. easy to please when it comes to Whitney. An, you know well, that too, Whitney, man. But on, a, on an album of hits, this is not. It's not the, the top one. But I mean, I, I quite enjoy it. Anyways, <laughs> track number two. <clears throat> this one's called "Thinking About You." Is it? Uh, I've been thinking about you. <laughs> no. <laughs> No? no, it's not. Ah, fuck. Okay. No, we made that mistake before. I can't even think I've who the hell that is. Thinking about you, <laughs> London Beat. That's who it is. That's London. Is that, is that who does that? It's London Beat. Yeah. No, That's it's sick. not. Okay. It's not that one. It's actually well, came up before that. Oh wow. Um. Anyway, this uh song was re- was released. It was released on January 11, 1985, but not as a single per se. It wasn't promoted as a single, but um, it actually peaked at number 10 in the top uh, R&B hip-hop charts. Okay. This song was also written by Lala and produced by Kashif. So moving forward, I would like you to tell me which ones are every time, if you know. Those are the only two songs that are. Those are the only two songs, actually. Okay, and the reason reason why I was asking that is because I wanted to know if all the songs that sucked on this album were written by the same uh, person. Because this song also I I will actually get into that. Here's the deal about Not this song. Not song by song, but some significant songs, yeah. I might have liked this song a little bit better had this been the one to kick off the album. And really? this one should have been, in comparison oh. to the other, this should have been the one to kick off the album. A little bit happier, you know, up, upbeat track. That said, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, like, <laughs> you know you hear a song and it may not be memorable, but you'll remember it. 
You know, like you're like, oh yeah, I heard this song again. I don't know if I could actually pick this song out if I heard it again because it's just not. There's nothing about it that makes me think about anything good about it. It's another bad track, and this pains me to say this because I do like all of the Whitney's Whitney's big hits. And maybe I don't know enough about the Whitney catalog, but this ain't helping me out. Well, this is this isn't a hit. We're not we're not we're not calling this. Well, one. I know, we're but this isn't helping one. me out. This isn't making me want to hear the rest of them that aren't hits. Okay, don't. That's oh, all right. That, that's it's another fair. bad think track, about, man. Think about two. you. So. This one was not great for me. Yeah, it was yeah, not. Yeah. It was. It was. It was. So you it, are real about Whitney. Yeah. Yeah. No. It was. It was. It was not passable. It was. It was a fail, not a hard fail, but but definitely a fail. So I don't know. I don't. I don't think that's one that I. Am I? Am I? Is something going to turn around for me at some point? It might. I don't know. <sighs> oh for two, dude. I don't know. Oh for. Oh for so far. Uh, track number three. We are on that already. Wow, we're. We're peeling through it. Barreling good. through this. Well, this. find me a good song, and maybe I want to talk about it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, track number three, Someone For Me. Mm. So this is the first of three songs that was produced by Jermaine Jackson. Mm, interesting. And uh, it, it was this is this uh, this exudes excessive 80s cheese at its, <laughs> at its finest. Well, you yeah, know, yeah. Miles, it's like, you know, it's, we, we agree on a lot. We, you know, we have some different opinions on songs, but sometimes when we agree on something, <laughs> we agree on something. This, yeah. And I've used this analogy before, and I'm going to use it again. Picture a low-budget 80s film. <laughs> kicks off. This is right at the start. Right at the start. The credits are rolling. Kicks off with a young lady, maybe 23, 24, walking down the streets in New York, dressed in her power suit, headed to work. And it's likely probably a romantic comedy we're looking at. And she's just, you know, walking down the street. And uh, this is the title track. This is the song that uh, that plays. And then keep in mind, I said low budget, which means you're probably not going to watch this again. And the song's <laughs> going to be like, oh, man, I guess they had to get what they could. This is a third straight. This is an 0 for 3. This is a this is the worst start to an album that we've reviewed so far. I've, oh. I have I've yet. Oh, Paul wow. Simon didn't go 0 for 3. <laughs> Paul Simon had the worst song of all time, and he didn't go or close to it, and he didn't go 0 for 3. So this is concerning so far. That's funny. So this, this song... It, it, the thing is, I don't like the uh, the '80s cheese in it. It's just it's not. It's not. It's not the Whitney cheese. that I know and love, right? No, it's no, not the no. Whitney that I know and love. And I, I and this and it's and this might be a theme of the album. But this and this one was produced by Jermaine Jackson. But it's uh, a theme. <laughs> it's a theme. But uh, I did not like this. I did not like this one. Once again, I didn't. I didn't hate. Fuck, Miles, you're one for three on a Whitney album. I would. I would say that this. I would say that this one's my least favorite. Uh, out of the two, I mean, so it's pretty bad. It's I am one for bad. three. It's true. It's true. But, but now, then I know. But I know now, it ends. I know. But it ends. now yeah. we're going to track number four. <laughs> Saving all my love for you. Mm-hmm. This one uh, is the second single released from the album. And this one, like I mentioned earlier, won the Grammy Award for Best Female Pop Vocal Performance, and it it was the first of her many songs to top the Billboard Hot 100. Um, this one was written by Michael Masser and Jerry Coffin, if I can read my wrong Jerry writing. Jerry Coffin. Jerry Gofflin. May he rest Coffin. in peace, man. <laughs> May he rest in peace. And it was originally recorded, actually, uh, by uh, Mar- Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis Jr. in 1978. Mr. McCoo. Mrs. Yeah. McCoo. Yeah. Okay, well. This one is a song about a woman waiting for the arri- arrival of her married lover. And lyrics. Lyrics. Yeah. You've got a family 
and was... they need you there. <laughs> Though I've tried to resist, I can't even do it. But I want to do a podcast where you just sing it, <laughs> and I just uh, peanut being gallery. last on your list. I, I think I missed it up there, but yeah, just, uh, hey, but no other man's gonna do. So I'm saving all my love for you. That's a beautiful song, right? Mm-hmm. Miles, we were over three. Well, I mean, I was over three leading up to this. Uh, let me ask you a couple of questions here. Why? Why do sluggers in baseball still get paid high? You know, it's still like just highly paid dudes in baseball. You're like, why is a guy like Joey Gallo still in the league? Why is <laughs> Why is K. Chris K. Chris Chris Davis still in the league? Because they strike out a lot. <laughs> they could go over three. You could have strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. But with one swing, they can change the game, right, Miles? One swing, and that's what's happened here. Whitney jacked a, a three-run bomb to win the game for this album. At least win this game so far for this album. But strikeout, 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 bomb. This song is awesome. This song's amazing. It's slow. It's beautiful. Her voice is incredible on it. Yeah, I mean, you knew I'd love this track. I knew you'd love this track. And if you don't really like this track, I, uh, I question your interest in music. Not your interest in styles of music, but your ability to hear a beautiful voice and actually appreciate it. It's a beautiful song. And again, that's a major league slugger right there. Strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. Three-run shot to win the game for the Wichita Whitney's. The Wichita Whitney's. This one, this song appeared in... Uh, a television series in 1984, which I believe this is one of your one of your favorite 80s theme songs. It's either Who's the Boss or Silver Spoons. It's Silver Spoons. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's not Silver Spoons. With the exception of maybe Growing Pains, those there, are the top three. There you go. I know. I see. I knew that. So it appeared in season four premiere of uh, Silver Spoons, um, and she changed the lyrics. She sang the she sang the song. She was in the whole episode. Actually, the episode. I watched it. Yeah, oh, I watched man. it. Man, Ricky Schroeder, what a lucky dude, bro. No, no, her. What's um. What's Ricky's What's Ricky's buddy's name? Alfonso Ribeiro. Yeah, Alfonso. So his his uncle fell in love fell in love with her, oh, okay. and she fell in love with was him. She, playing, she wasn't playing. She's Whitney playing then. Whitney. Okay. And she okay. was gonna. And, and they they fell in love, and they were gonna move to L.A. And then Alfonso's like, "You can't leave me." I watched the whole episode. Oh, uh, you know what? what, what Is Alfonso ever like somebody you like in a show? So he's he's crying <laughs> about his no. uncle leaving to see to marry Whitney Houston. Yeah. Hey, they were, hey, I don't know if they Alfonso. were married. They were just they were dating and they were moving. He's already rich too. Alfonso was rich, right? I, I believe so. Wasn't he one of the Silver Spoons guys? And the big joke from the episode. He's always rich in these in these TV shows too. What <laughs> he the was hell, rich. Man? I don't know. Uh, and she changed the lyrics from "Making Love" uh, the whole night through to "Holding Each Other." The oh whole yeah, night "Making through. Love" is way too suggestive. <laughs> too <laughs> much. Make making love. There you go. Well, I'm glad that you like that song because now. Any any more about that song? No, except it's a home run. It was it was a home run. Yeah, we all know that song. We all love that. Hopefully, and track number five. Nobody loves me like you do. Yeah, and this this is a duet with Jermaine Jackson, who produced the song as well. Yeah, so if we just go on a Jermaine Jackson hit too, we're over well over one on Jermaine Jackson. Mm-hmm. If we go over two, I guess we'll find out. That's foreshadowing because clearly I hate this song. Mm-hmm. Clearly, I don't like the cheese in the song. Uh, it's like just just oozes fromage, uh, and it's like a, it's like the song I would hear at a crappy wedding. I don't want to be at. Okay, you probably have heard it at a crappy wedding, but you yeah, but you haven't heard that version because um, uh, this was originally released by uh, country music Canadian country music icon Anne Murray. 
Original before this. I always and like when Anne Marie and people like uh, Rita McNeil are described as icons. Yeah. It just blows my mind. Yeah. Well, hey, I, I, so, so I actually like the original. Nobody loves love, me. you. Love Canadiana. I love Anne Murray. I love Anne Murray. Um, and it was ri- it was written by James Dunn and Pamela Phillips. It doesn't really matter because they have nothing to do with this album. It was produced by Jermaine Jackson. Jermaine Jackson. He, so I I wouldn't I, I might have liked the song if it was somebody not named Jermaine Jackson th- that was not named Jermaine Jackson and it was it was like a deep voice you know somebody that could compliment like the Fair, song yeah. itself isn't isn't horrible yeah. it's not horrible Whitney tries to do her best but then Jermaine Jackson comes in I you know what I could I would say even if Michael Jackson was was in this song it just wouldn't be good Oh yeah okay I thought you were about to say oh if Michael Jackson was in it I was like that's the opposite of you know a deeper voice <laughs> Okay <laughs> you know it's so no uh, Jermaine Jackson just needs to leave oh shoot he's coming back again isn't he All right <laughs> okay well do you know I'm one for like uh, I don't know one for five and you know I'm two for five. Wow, why did we pick this out? I guess we'll find out. Did we pick this out because we just want we want to know? And how will we know? Oh well, what a segue. <laughs> Until we listen to it. Track number six. How will I know? <laughs> this da, one da, 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 This one peaked at number one on US Billboard Hot One Hundred on February fifteenth. 1986. This one was the fourth. One year after the album was released. Yeah, this was the fourth released single. Mm -hmm. Well, this this one. Oh no, go go ahead. No, 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 no. Say say your piece, man. No, no, I want you to. I was just gonna say this is uh, like if my analogy of being a slugger ever paid. This is the same thing again. We went home run, strikeout, home run. This is an again. This is a home run song. I mean, I always like this track, but uh, this album's bothering me so much by this point. It's bothering me so much. Cause like the two the two good songs that I like are just like smashes like I, they're not even close to me not liking them, and then the other four are not even close to me wanting to put them in uh, a good category. It's like it's one or the other. Give me some middle tracks I gotta think about. Maybe it's maybe. really easy to review, but well, God, this one. So By I just want to give I want to give a, oh. a shout out to uh, Premick Russell Tubbs because he's on the saxophone in this joint. Oh, yeah. oh, he's awesome. You love your sax, man. I do love my sax. You love your sax as much as I love my vaccinations. <laughs> This one won the uh, MTV Award for Best Female Music Video, and it is a, not a good video, but I like it. It's just her running around. Yeah, and, you'd be happy about that. I yeah. Know that. And uh, oh, this one, so this was written by George uh, Merrill and Shannon Rubicam. Originally, Rubicam. originally for this is funny, another Jackson, Janet Jackson, Ooh. but it but it was passed on. I've, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm I'm very happy, and I like Janet Jackson. I'm very happy that this was given to Whitney. Jan, it's like I just, I just they could both do it. I just think this is more made yeah. for Whitney's voice. Well, we're, I, I want to do something fun here. Just just take take a bit of a break, and I want to look right. at uh, look at uh, you like fun. Yeah, I mean it depends what your idea of fun is, but sure. <laughs> it's yeah. only going to take a couple seconds. Just bear with me. No, it's uh, famous songs that were rejected by. Big artists. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. All right. First song, Baby One More Time, done by Britney Spears. Was rejected by TLC. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm a Slave for You uh, by Britney. Was rejected by Christina Aguilera. No, Janet Jackson, actually. She's rejecting a lot of the songs. I think Janet would have liked that one, actually. Since You've Been Gone. 
Yeah, Kelly Clarkson. Very good, very good. It was written, actually written for Pink and offered to Hilary Duff. I could hear Hilary Duff singing that. I could hear Pink singing that. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Rock Your Body by... Justin Timberlake. Was rejected by mm. Michael Jackson. Sounds like a Michael Jackson song too. That's a, that's not a surprise to me. I thought that was Michael. Went like that's straight up Michael. So the, here's a couple a couple fun ones here. SOS by uh, Rihanna was passed on by Christina Milian. Uh, I mean, I don't think it would have been big for Christina Milian. That no, was like post, I don't know. That was just. Well, past I don't know, her. but that was her first big hit. No, that but that was, was past Christina Milian's time. I think. But that was Rihanna's first big hit. Um, yeah, fair enough. That's true. Yeah, uh, Umbrella by... Hold on. SOS is not Rihanna's big first big hit. Yes, it is. Upon the Replay, man. Okay, yeah, you're right. Upon the Replay. Same it's... album. Okay. Just wanted to clarify. Okay, okay. You, sorry. You, you, you're right. Yeah, I guess it's just a matter of what they wanted to release first. Um, Umbrella by... Rihanna. Was rejected by Britney Spears. So she was at a point in her career there when she, when she was Britney should have so. taken that. <laughs> yeah. Umbrella is a catchy song. Britney should have taken that. Would Jay-Z have been in it? No, <laughs> well, but she still had connections. She could have like Pharrell or something in there. Oh, so this one here, this is the greatest pass. This is the greatest pass of all. Pass of all, and this is another greatest pass of all. So can you can you guess what song this is? Well, no, Final. I have no idea. Soldier Boy, fucking Superman. No, no, no. It's a Rihanna song. Oh, sorry. Uh, she passed. It's a Rihanna song. Like Rihanna did it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We found love. Okay, who passed on that? It was passed by the Pussycat Dolls. Oh, I mean. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Would Calvin Harris would have been in that? I think so. And the Pussycat Dolls were also past, I think, past their time. You, might, time. you might be right in that. But, but shout out Nicole Scherzinger. Oh, <laughs> good Lord. Good Lord. <laughs> I don't even Lord. know who that is. Yeah, I'm sure I've tagged you at some point. I know who she is. I know who she is. <laughs> good Lord. She, Anyways. She okay. How oh will God. I know? Okay, what do we got? Uh, track number seven. We're yeah. already here. We are heading all to at the, once. Towards it. All at once. Four minutes twenty nine seconds. Yep, yep. Written by, developed, you know, produced by. We've got the facts, right? We need more light. Is that what's coming down to? This one. Oh, this one is produced by um, Michael Masser. Actually, are you sure? Yeah, I'm positive. You sure this one's not written and produced by Andrew Lloyd Webber? No. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to confirm. I it's, just it's, wanted to, because it, you know, because it uh, sounded like an Andrew Lloyd Webber song. It's Michael, Michael Masser. Oh, this one, uh, this one sounded like a show tune. Uh, I felt like I was on, you know, some off-Broadway play listening to this, this really? horrific track. Oh, okay. Uh, look, like, uh, I obviously agree, and I'm never going to disagree. We both agree, like, say that Whitney's got an incredible voice, and she does, and it's her first album, so I'll give her a bit of a break, obviously, but... Yeah, I don't know. Either we should have picked a different Whitney album or something's up. This track's not good. This track is, uh, this belongs on Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Well, I, I don't, I don't hear that. I don't Listen hear, I don't, I don't hear the same thing you do. It's, it's, it's the, it's the f- one, I, maybe it's the, the only one that I can think from the top of my head, the, uh, a breakup song, you know, a sad song in the album, but um, mostly the other ones are more uplifting, but all at once, um, I I like it. Yeah, I like it. It's not. I mean, it's not as memorable as as the other hits. I, me- I remember how much I didn't like it. Uh-huh. That's memorable. Oh, <laughs> well, I, I give this. I, I I like this one here. And by the way, I like show tunes. Just heads up. <laughs> sure. Okay, a track number eight, and this is a duet with Jermaine Jackson. He's back. Yeah, 
Take good care of my heart. Take good care of my heart. No, no, no. That's don't take that good is, care of my heart. That is a duet, but that's a different song. Yes, it's. Uh, don't go breaking my heart. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is uh, Jermaine Jackson making another appearance, trying to get himself in the uh, limelight here. So, what do you think of this song? <laughs> so it's the best of the Jermaine offerings. Oh, you think so? Sure. I think so. So okay. I don't hate it. You know, I seemingly should, based on uh, a lot of my reactions to many it. of the other songs in this album. I don't hate it. I can deal with these two together on this one. Uh, Jermaine's all right on this one. Whitney's good, as, as always, as best she can, although she hasn't been great. I think so. On. Okay. Yeah, Soulful Beat. Uh, a rare one that I like that I think you won't like, but I, uh, I'm i okay with it. I, I give it a, a, a passing grade. No, I give it a fail. This one, so so Jermaine's 0 for 3 on this album. Not surprised. Songs. Yeah, I mean, I barely give this a pass. He's over so. three. He's over three. Do you know what? I think at this point, it, when they were recording together, it's Whitney just sounds uninspired in this song. Just like I, I'm done. Way to I'm put done. it. She sounds uninspired in a lot of these songs. I'm done. Yeah, maybe. I'm I'm done. I'm done with Jermaine, <laughs> and I'm just gonna put this one out because I can. All right. Any more on that song? No, God, no. no? I mean, I okay. gave it a barely passing. And track I I number nine. Come up to the finish line here. Greatest love of all. Greatest pass of all was the songs that you said passed on. This is the greatest love of all. Huh? The greatest love of all. Sorry, I'm just uh, making uh, terrible jokes, man. Keep going. Greatest love of all. It's greatest love of all. Yeah, we know we we know this song. I've heard this one before. This one was written by Michael Masser and Linda Creed. Uh, Linda Creed, a little known fact, is the father of or the mother of the lead singer of the band uh, Creed. What? Yeah. Who? The band Creed. Okay. Lead singer is right. uh, just. This, Your one-liners uh, are on point today. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's Scott Stapp, man. <laughs> okay. What do you think of this song? You heard uh, it before, I mean, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah well, a few times, man. Oh, ah, yeah, I mean, it's, this is Whitney's. Uh, this is Whitney's coming out party on this album to me. This is uh, Whitney in full display. Uh, voice is beautiful, uh, and she's displaying it here. It's borderline crazy how good she is. Uh, yeah, this is this is her. This is her coming out uh, and proving, showing who she is. And there's, like I said, there's a couple other songs I like on this album, but this is like by far, and it's not really close. By far, the best song on this album. Side note: she still has the best rendition of the national anthem as well. Okay, it's right. Side that's, note: there, the U.S. national anthem. That's not Roseanne Barr. It's not. It's not uh, Carl Lewis and uh, whoever else is there. It's her, and I think it was uh, Jewel. I think it was 1992 well, World Series. I don't Series. know if Jewel was bad, but she was lip lip syncing. So I think it was the World Series, 91 or 92, something like that. Atlanta Braves. Who was that? This is when she did the national anthem. She did okay. Atlanta Braves World Series baseball game. Whitney. Yeah. I thought it was a Super Bowl. You sure it wasn't? All right. Yeah, you you tell me about what you think about the song, and I'll look Super it up. Bowl. Well, uh, I'll say, uh, I'll say, uh, so I do have some beef, beef with the song. Very, very minimal. <laughs> what? It's just, well, no, she repeats, she repeats the, the first verse over again. It's just, it's just, I know, chorus, verse, chorus, verse. Nah. But anyway, the song itself is beautiful. Did you, I didn't know this. And this, this is the, this is, for me, this is actually the beauty of doing the, doing this podcast and doing the research. So I didn't know this was originally recorded in 1997 by George Benson. Um, actually, as the main theme of the 1977 film, The Greatest, which is a Muhammad Ali biopic. This is 
has a, did I did not know that. That's an interesting fact. Nineteen, yeah, nineteen seventy-seven, yeah. Son of uh, George Benson. So the original a song, I mean, it's, it's it's beautiful. It's not Whitney, but I mean, it's just like it's a it's a, it's a well written written song. I mean, <clears throat> not lyrically necessarily. Let's that that's my only beef is that they could have changed the lyrics perhaps and not just done the first the the chorus over over and yes twice. Super Bowl yes Super Bowl. Super Bowl, yeah. And this one spent three weeks at number one in the Billboard Hot 100 in May 1986. Must have been a good I think year. this was the, fi- the, the, the last released single off the album. Hmm. I didn't well, write I it down, but I think favorite, it is. I think this is my favorite song, and this is the one that... that uh, yeah, oh my... I, I proved mean, this, her as a this, uh, this, songstress of our time. The this song, songbird this, well, of our this generation. Song doesn't get old. This song doesn't get old. Like It will never get old. It's not It's not dated. It is it, it is amazing. I mean... And it, the original title of the song was actually "The Greatest Love of All," but they took out "the the." And oh yeah, I mean it didn't really matter. You could just put "the," but it's yeah. fine. Yeah, and the final song. We're here at the finish line. Now, Whitney has yet to do a back-to-back good song. Okay, so just throwing that out of there. A little, little fun fact. Well, this song was written by um, Michael Masser and Linda Creed again. Oh, agreed. Produced by produced by Masser. Uh, this one is called "Hold Me" with Teddy. Hold, Teddy, yeah. Teddy, hold me in your arms again. Yes, with Teddy Pendergrass. So, what do you think of the song? Teddy Pendergrass is the man, dude. So instantly, uh, before I even uh, heard this, and I saw the feature was uh, Teddy TP. I knew I was gonna love it. That's not going to make me biased. I still have to listen to it, and I did. And yeah, it's amazing. This is love, man. I can feel the emotion in this song. It's beautiful. The two of them are working in unison. It's a symphony of love and emotion, man. It's just, it's an exciting song to listen to. I like it. I love it. I love it. And it's a back-to-back way to end this album after such a bullshit start to it. So <laughs> Whitney did at least get some uh, brownie points for me for this back-to-back finish. It's a great song. Okay, and I, don't, I, it, this, I hope this doesn't burst your bubble, but th- th- there's a little factoid about this song mm-hmm. is it was originally released on Teddy Pendergrass's 1984 album, mm-hmm. Love Language. Mm-hmm. So it was released on that album a year previous. Mm-hmm. They take it off, put it on this album. It's still still valid? I mean, the, yeah, it's still valid. Why just, wouldn't it be? You, you can do that. I don't know. I'm just a question. Like, What changes? It's on this album now. I'm reviewing this album. Yeah, no, I'm asking. I'm asking the question. You, I mean, like, the, it's like it's not originally on this album. It's on a different album. I, I, I know artists have done this that. Album, artists have done that this before. Hmm? Well, then uh, any remakes? Then fucking, I guess we should go back to the Johnny Cash album review and start chopping <laughs> off songs. No, 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 somebody no, else's no. album. This right? is this is just directly taken off that album. It's not. Eh, it's, that stuff happens all the time, man. Okay, okay. I, I, I just didn't that. know how you feel. I it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. But but I mean, this is this is a beautiful song. Yes. Oh yeah, you're telling uh, me. Even though it was originally released on uh, "Love Language" in 1984, but mm-hmm. a great finish to the album. I think the the reason that Jermaine Jermaine Jackson's all over this album is, is all over it. I mean, he has like a ton of a ton of albums uh, that he released, and I'm sure he does a lot of producing. He's mingling all this stuff, but they were on the same record label, and oh god. What record label Jermaine, are you on? And I LaFace? did this too because I, I do this. I do this in research. I was trying to look for some Jermaine Jackson songs out there that I might recognize or remember, and I was looking and I'm listening. I'd listened to maybe four or five, not a lot, but the ones that kind of popped up as his bigger songs. Yep. Didn't remember them, and they were shit. 
I remember <laughs> uh, other Double J's songs, not his. Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> uh, I mean, Janet Jackson. Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy. <laughs> Absolutely. Jerry Jones. All the Mad Better Jerry tracks with Jermaine Jackson. <laughs> Miles, you know this album, though? It got a 5 out of 10 for me. I gave it a five. I mean, I didn't give it a five. It gets five songs I liked, five songs I didn't it's like. It's a six. It's a six for me. Um, I just, you know what? All her follow-up albums are, are better. And again, I don't know the whole catalog, obviously. But uh, it's 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 regarded. Well, I mean, the Bodyguard's a pretty good, a pretty. I mean, a pretty amazing album. The Bodyguard's incredible, right? So, uh, and I think I think Run to You is probably probably my favorite Whitney song. And that's off the Bodyguard. Um, but, uh, I mean, you know, uh, it's, it's hard. It's hard because for Whitney, other than maybe the bodyguard, uh, it's never, it's never been like an album thing for me, for me. That's fair. It's, it's, it's singles and, but those singles are incredible. Like, was I, was I killing this album back in 1985? No, I wasn't. I wasn't, but I heard it. I heard all the, all the, the, you're seven going on eight. (laughs) You weren't crushing Whitney Houston at the time. No, but, but two years later I was crushing GNR, so. Yeah, GNR and Whitney far cry from each other. We did that GNR. <laughs> no, but uh, the the album was a little bit of a disappointment overall. But the, but the the beauty of it in, in music today is you can just listen to whatever the hell you want. That's true. It's hard you to find an album that's like pick, front to back pick, incredible. Pick songs off of it. Aside from uh, Vampire Weekend, <laughs> <laughs> front to back, perfect score from Miles. Perfect score, yes. You know, uh, I have an interesting album picked for next week, right? You? Assuming we do it next week and we get back to consistency. Wow, Wednesday, yes, Hump Day. I've got an album that will uh, a lot of people, a lot of our close friends are very familiar with. I have an album that I got. I went to see them live, and most of the songs in this album they were playing while I was in a beer lineup. Hmm. We did a Pearl Jam album before earlier. Don't on the, on the non-release. Hopefully, we're not doing Tool because we had a we Fuck had a tool. we had a friend, a friend that wants us to do Tool. Two an album, There's man. no, I've you know what, Tool's not my steez. Uh, but yeah, we have an unreleased the lost episodes, which maybe we'll release one day. The lost episodes, where we did a Pearl Jam. Remember that? Yeah. Never got released. We're gonna do a Pearl Jam album next a week. Pearl Jam. Oh, that's. But we're gonna do, the, Pearl Jam album. Ten. Oh, ten. Okay. Ten. Ten. Speaking of cheese. 10 and how many songs are in that album 10 <laughs> and i'm very intrigued because i'll be peddling this uh podcast to these people and i, I want them to listen to it because i want them to to get past their uh bias for pearl jam oh it's pearl jam they don't do anything wrong yeah they do now is this album good is it bad i don't know but we're going to go through it and i want them to realize i want them to hear somebody's opinion that does like some Pearl Jam and doesn't like some Pearl Jam, and let's hear a real opinion on it and well, not yeah, just you, crown you su- them. You surprisingly liked uh, more songs than I thought you would off of Yield. I don't know if I liked that many of them. It was our first couple episodes. I might have been uh, friendlier back then. <laughs> now I give you the straight goods, like Paul Maybe. Simon's Dog Shit and uh, Whitney Houston's 5 out of 10. Paul Simon, Pride of... I don't recall. Newark, New Jersey. Oh, yeah. That's right. You said that earlier. <laughs> Dude, I, I, anything, time, anytime somebody mentions Paul Simon, it's in one ear or the other. I just says, I, it's like, it's like the Men in Black come back Holy and they flash my memories. In your arms again. Listen to that song, everyone. It's Teddy Pendergrass. Oh, of course. Hold me now, but yeah. So we're gonna be on Pro Jam ten next week. So uh, as if you need to really listen to it, because I'm sure you know the album top to back or front to back. But uh, Miles, I uh, digress. This is your final word, the Jerry. Uh, 
Jerry uh, Springer, final word. Say what you got to say. I'm going to try not to involve myself this time, but usually you ask me a question or say something weird, so I have to, but I'm going to do my best to remain put me in the spot. I don't, I, don't, <clears throat> I don't prep anything, so uh, well, you have all to I'm going to say is going into this winter's, winter's season, I, I, a lot of us don't hydrate as much as we should, and we do. <laughs> Jesus, what the we, fuck is this? Man? Is this your final do, thought? That we, you're that we t- you're worried about hydration in the winter? Yes, oh, I'm, God, I'm, I'm encouraging so everyone to hydrate. Yeah, guys, I know it's cool out there, but stay hydrated. You don't want to, you know. What the, that's your final thought? Come up with something that's better a, than that. Well, man. maybe I will in the future. I no, just, just give me something now. Right off the top of your head. What are you thinking, man? Football? You got a football game today. Uh, Ohio State got canceled. Maybe something about Did, that. Did they play in Maryland? Uh, play? I don't know. You got, uh, what's on your socks? You got snowmen in your socks. Christmas is coming. I mean, you got a couple things you can come up with thoughts on, man. The best you could say is hydrate, stay hydrated in the winter. Yeah. That's what I got. You never say say tell anybody to stay hydrated in the summer. No, because it's, it's that's that's common sense. No, nah, man, winter. give me something better, just please, off the top of your head. You got a Nike sweater on, sweatshops. Talk to me about sweatshops. <laughs> I don't know anything about sweatshops. Oh, well, you know, well, we had buying stuff from them. We had an election, or that we, if we have any U.S. Americans here, there was there was an election last week. U.S. Americans, nice, dude, <laughs> nice. <laughs> There was a fucking Miss America know, contestant that that's I know, sick, dude. I know, I know there was, and uh, I, I mean, I guess I guess there's the the, the winner was uh, declared by declared by most um, news outlets, if not all, but not officially declared because the uh, no, it's a litigation but, uh, now. Now President Trump is uh, going to challenge that. Anyway, I just I just like to say that um, you know. A lot of a lot of things be put up on uh, social media could be put up, uh, and one specifically that I saw that was put up it was was anyone voting for Trump is voting for misogyny mm. and and racism and mm-hmm. xenophobia mm-hmm. and and a bad country, and 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 just I want people to realize what they put up sometimes that it can hurt people. I would also do your research on both parties, but uh, you know I want to add to this now. I said I'd try not whether to, but I, I say, whether whether I think it's right or it's wrong. It it, it can hurt, hurt people. That's and, true. And, and think 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 before you put stuff up. I'll say this: for anyone that voted for Trump, he lost. Whether you think he lost fair and square or not is a different story. He lost, so give Biden a chance. For anyone that voted for Biden, welcome your Trump supporters, your Trump voters in. Try to unify the country. I would just say, in some cases, be careful what you ask for. <laughs> I hope for the best. I hope for the I best. I do, too. Unified country is always a better country. So let's make it the United States of America once again, not the divided states of America. Oh, that's lovely. Like that one, hey? Yeah. Put that on your Instagram feed. <laughs> Anyways, guys, that was the final thought. I fucking tried so hard not to get involved, but the final thought was to hydrate in the winter, and I couldn't help myself. Hydrate. Hydrate as well. But thanks for listening, guys. Wear, you got wear two masks. Episodes. Yeah, wear, wear masks, masks everywhere, gonna, everywhere gonna, you possibly can. Because they're going to do something for you. Um, <laughs> except giving carbon dioxide, uh, dioxide poisoning. Uh, yeah, listen to the other episode with BDP. Listen to this episode. BDP. You probably are if you're hearing this. And we got another episode next Wednesday. Every Pearl Wednesday. Jam, every Wednesday. 10, Instagram, the Prelude Podcast. Hold me. Comment, like, send us some again. ideas. And next week's episode is for the listeners because a lot of people that we uh, give this podcast to that at least that we know of that's close by uh, love their Pearl Jam so we'll see what they think we'll see what they think alright Miles it's always good to see you on a Wednesday I wish you the uh, uh, oh, it's Thursday today my bad Thursday well I hope you I uh, wish you a wonderful weekend 
Uh, I may or may not see you for some football Sunday. We'll see. Anyways, thank you for uh, coming by the studio and rededicating yourself to this podcast as I will.